Welcome to the FinOps Fridays podcast, where we discuss all things FinOps. It's an educational resource to help you learn and build your capability in all things FinOps. We're also here to have fun, so we'll make it entertaining, have a few laughs, and share a few stories. All right, and welcome to the next episode of FinOps Fridays. I'm here to talk about talent. There's, of course, been lots of hype around FinOps in the last few years, and hey, you're here watching a FinOps show. But what is happening is that organizations are finally understanding the value that FinOps can deliver to them. A FinOps practitioner can you know, pr practically walk into a company, point at a few things, save hundreds of thousands or potentially millions of dollars. So from a financial perspective, having a FinOps person is an absolute no-brainer. How do companies and organizations get them? We're seeing massive changes in the talent pool in FinOps. So we're here to talk all about talent with Ashley Hrotmatko. Ashley, give us a quick introduction to yourself. What is your current role? And a quick little summary of your career. How did you get to FinOps? Awesome. Thank you, Nathan. I'm so excited to be here with you all. Um, yeah, so my title right now is the Director of Operations for the FinOps Foundation. Prior to joining them, I was a longtime volunteer with the foundation. I was a practitioner that joined a lot of the summit calls, joined the working groups, and just learned a lot as I was trying to build my own um, uh, my own team at a, a Pearson. So previously, I was the global FinOps director at a large education company. Um, before I even got into that, I think just knowing that FinOps wasn't a thing on my radar five years ago or even 10 years ago when I was um, in college, so I started out by getting a degree in MIS. Um, I actually wanted to be a history teacher and wanted to teach economics, which is kind of this whole thing's come full circle for me. Um, but I actually took my first coding class and really like fell in love with the fact that you could solve problems through coding. Uh, so I took a job right out of uh, college. Sorry, what's, what's MIS? Oh, yeah, you got the degree. Management Information Systems. Okay, yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I took a job right out of college really doing data analytics. And I always kind of say that my like, love of optimization actually started with like kind of doing process improvements. Um, and so I really went more into the route of being a manager. And then I was like a, a, a product owner for a while. I did some scrum mastering. And while I was doing that, I got heavily involved with engineers and I realized I really wanted to go full in on the technical side. So I switched over to technical project management and I joined Pearson um, about eight and a half years ago. I knew nothing about the cloud. So just think about that eight and a half years ago, didn't know anything. And they were doing massive migrations. And so I think they closed probably over 50 data centers in six years. And my role in that was to work with our engineers to migrate that. And so that was doing a lot of Scrum Master. That was a lot of project planning, um, a lot of like post-operational going live uh, with those projects. And so I just really, really fell in love with that element of it. Oddly enough, on my first day that I started there, my manager was like, you're going to do the AWS bill. It's just the spreadsheet and you just charge it back every month. And it was, you know, 100K a month. It was nothing. <laughs> and I thought, this is fairly easy. Um, I end up putting it in like a SQL database just to, again, automate, speed it up, you know, optimize the process is what I was thinking. Um, and, and by the time I left there, we had 800 plus accounts. We were spending million dollars a week. And um, that little thing, <laughs> the bill that I was doing, we ended up having to build a full on data lake to process it. Um, so it was kind of a combination of FinOps became an add-on to my job as a technical project manager, and then I really pivoted into a function and grew a team around it. Yeah, nice. And like, it's interesting that, you know, the core of that was 
the, the, the data, the analytics, just having that inquisitive nature, what I can do with data, it, it seems to be a good underlying. If you've got an inquisitive nature, then it looks like FinOps is going to be something that's for you type of thing. Yeah, 100%. If you want to fix problems, it's a great field. Uh, and the, in terms of the um, uh, technical project management, so that helped you to build like a big stick and motivate teams, coordinate things like that as well. Was that a good, uh, a good role to be able to get into FinOps as well? Yeah, I think it's a good background. If you think about any project manager, technical project managers, like you don't actually manage people, but you have to motivate them to do work, right? And so that's very closely aligned with what you do as a FinOps practitioner as well. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Alrighty, so let's get into the questions. Um, so let's get a bit of an overview of the FinOps role, and I dare so let's have a look at you know the industry evolution over the five the last five years or so. Um, Pretty much from what you've just said, you know, from humble beginnings of, you know, explaining what is a bill about to be able to, you know, slash bills by purchasing the magical commitment discounts all the way to being the financial fund police. And, you know, also we're starting to see that FinOps is starting to get some seats at the big end of town, like the important people's table inside of the organizations. Um, Ashley, how have you seen the FinOps role evolve uh, over your time in FinOps? Yeah, I think even just taking my personal case, I mean, it was an extension of my role at that time, right? Doing these reservation purchases, the bill, generating one, you know, one-off forecasts um, to where I left. I mean, I was having a regular seat with our CIO um, once a month to go over our cloud estate and, and what we were focused on. So um, definitely a level leveling up uh, role that I moved into. I think what we used to see typically in the foundation is like tipping point where all of a sudden the spend came very like sufficient and people would be like, we need to put some people on that. Or there would be individuals with an organization from the bottom up that's like, I'm interested in this. I want to tackle this. Um, now we've seen this shift, I feel like, where people are coming in and joining the foundation and they're like, we're just getting ready to migrate or we're in the process of figuring out an RFP with a cloud provider and we want to get a FinOps team in place. And so that's been a really interesting shift for us to see. Uh, folks wanting to build that skill set on the ground up um, versus kind of that the aha gotcha moment and kind of panicking. Um, they, can have, they can be a little bit more planful with it, which is really nice. I think now, so, um, yeah. when did that start? Like in terms of people actually doing it, uh, instead of doing it reactively, like preactively, like identifying we need this resource, we need this talent. When did you start seeing the emergence of that with, with some sort of regularity? I think for me, it was probably about a year and a half ago where we started having people join and, and starting to share those stories. Um, and, and I guess the flip is instead of saying, what is FinOps and like, what am I doing? Coming to the foundation and saying, oh, I've been able to use some of these resources and bring them back. So there's been this flip of coming to the community, not feeling alone to like now joining it and actually using a lot of the output and, and bringing it back to the companies, which is really flipped. Yeah, wow, like if we look at the cloud, you know, it's been over a decade of cloud. Yeah, FinOps has been a good, a little bit less than that, I dare say. It's only recently that we're actually getting the industry and realizing they've got the talent. I mean, in terms of lag behind when talent was needed, that's that's quite a few years. Yeah, absolutely. And there's always been people that have been op done optimization work and have had that part of their roles and things like that. I think just the formation um, around structure and framework um, and really establishing it as a function has seemed to be on the rise right now. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of the role itself, in terms of the duties that FinOps are doing, you know, you, yours was a great story. You started off just a bill and a spreadsheet and now we're talking seats at the table with the C-level executives. 
Is there a bit of a common theme in terms of how the FinOps role has evolved for a lot of organizations that you've seen? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, evolved quickly. <laughs> I think that's one way to put it. Uh, we've seen so many like enterprises, um, you know, quickly spend and then uh, realizing that they need to get involved. I think the other thing that we've seen is it's not just like one industry. Like it's not just retail doing FinOps. It's not just all the tech companies doing it. It's almost in every single industry right now. Um, we're seeing a lot of our financial services leading it. That makes sense, right? The banks, uh, the financial services are the ones doing these big uh, moves to the cloud right now. Um, so it makes sense that they're also picking up FinOps. Um, we've also seen, you know, a lot of growth in the landscaping of tools that exist. Uh, there maybe have been, you know, a few vendors a few years ago and there's, there, you know, there, it's doubling um, and they're all trying to solve different problems in this space, which is really interesting to see. Um, I also think just what's going on with the economy. Uh, we're seeing just this need to shift to like minimize our OPEX cost. And I think CIOs and CTOs are seeing this as a lever um, that they might not have leaned into five years ago. Yeah, some, some interesting points. And the fact that not only has it like, it's a relatively recent um, role, you look at things like security, you've had security people for decades, but we've had FinOps for less than a decade and we're already getting seats at the table. And I think that's a, that's a very important message for the listeners that, hey, this is a rapidly evolving role. Yet it's clear, it is so clear that this is critical to organizations and the importance uh, and the esteem to which this role is being held within organizations is very, very significant as well. It is a very powerful role. The value is there. So um, it's good to see. It's good to see, obviously. It's interesting um, to bring up security too, because I think correlate to like a few years ago, we kept hearing about all these security breaches, right? And now a lot of organizations ramped up their security. Same thing. We're seeing this. Uh, we're overspending in the cloud. Now we're ramping up our FinOps teams. So very parallel journeys. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Good point. And I think, uh, and also to do your thing with the vendors as well. Um, I get that question every now and then, you know, which tool is the best? And well, do you have one tool for security? Well, no, you know, we've got like intrusion detection. We've got this. Well, I think that's probably going to be the end game with, with FinOps as well. Like there's no shortage of tasks and things to achieve in FinOps. There's going to be different tools it's, or it's going to be a continually evolving landscape as well. Um, uh, all righty. Uh, if we look at other cloud roles, things like support, things like DevOps, in terms of importance in the organization, we sort of touched on this. In terms of importance, they haven't changed much. Why is it that you think you know FinOps has gone from being zero to hero so quickly in an organization? Uh, you mentioned things like the changing external landscape. Is there other other important factors? Um, I think I've leaned into these a little bit. Um, that the fact that like cloud spend has gotten so large, and um, there's been such a big shift from the capex, the opex spend has been probably the number one thing. Um, we're starting to also see the importance of getting forecast right. Uh, uh, you know, we're narrowing down where we we were kind of guesstimating on cloud spend and, you know, throwing a number out there and saying that's budget and then, you know, overblowing that budget and asking why to now finance teams are um, especially, you know, in, uh, CFOs are wanting to be heavily involved in what's going on in cloud. Uh, we're seeing a lot more of that when commitments are happening. It's not just a siloed IT decision, but it's, it's a collaborative um, conversation with procurement and CFOs. Um, so I think the, the tipping point is one thing that's definitely driving it. Um, I, I think 
you know, I give a little bit of a credit to the fact that there has been so much publication out there. I think about four years ago, I think I Googled the word FinOps and I found one article about it. Um, if you do that today or you get on LinkedIn, you're just, you you can find so many interesting things to read about it and, and um, different elements. And I think that's helped a lot as well. There's some accreditation to this thing that people are trying to do. Exactly. And um, I mean, yeah, like it's good that there's so much cloud and it's just a critical component of cloud. If you do cloud, you've got a FinOps. So more cloud means more FinOps. Um, and, and yeah, like doubling down, like the FinOps hype train, um, again, shout out to the FinOps Foundation. The amount of exposure um, that is created in the industry has been absolutely phenomenal as well. And there's other pundits in the industry, people like Corey, uh, Corey Quinn, that you know are great that make it, instead of being some boring numbers, financial, technical game, they actually make it fun and entertaining. They make it accessible to the non-technical people as well. So I think players like that have had a key role in really making it you know, accessible to others and making it a fun place to be. Yeah, it's a very open community in the aspect of like everyone loves to share their lessons and like teach. Um, and that's been really enjoyable versus kind of keeping it closed off. And, and to some degree, SpinOps is, you know, an open source concept in itself. Exactly, exactly. Um, now on to the next one. So FinOps is awesome. We've identified that everyone absolutely needs it. Next question is, well, okay, here, I'm an organization, you know, I've got lots of money. How do I go and get my FinOps capability? There's starting to get some very significant demand. It's a rapidly evolving field. How should organizations start to acquire the skills? And what happens if you just can't throw money at it? What happens if I can't find a FinOps person? Um, where should I be sort of throwing that money or where should I be looking to develop those skills from within my organization? Um, what are some sort of main strategies, Ashley, to be able to you know, either sort of buy or build the FinOps talent as an organization? Yeah, I mean, I think I think you and I probably resonate on this a lot, too, is like, you know, you can build it yourself. Um, that's we're seeing a lot of teams do it. It is a lot of capital investment to do that. Right. And that's going to require an executive pitch. And whenever you invest so much capital, you're going to expect that much return, whether that's in savings, whether that's in capabilities. Um, so, we're, you know, working with a lot of teams that are building business cases around building it. There's obviously the ability to bring in partners and bring in someone that can help consult, whether that's like a quick, you know, get me off the ground, help me do the executive pitch, help me run my first 30, 60, 90 days. Um, there's a lot out there for vendor assessment. Um, you're going to need a tool. We did, we did a survey, say a FinOps survey, and we found that on average, uh, most FinOps teams are using about 3.7 tools and integrating them together. Some of those tools are third parties. Some of them are um, homegrown, but that's really important. So I guess my answer is you're probably going to need a little bit of a combination of all three. Um, even when I was building my practice, we worked with a, 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 a vendor to help us do a little bit of consulting just to get our executive pitch down. Obviously, we built it by hiring, um, and then we leveraged third-party tooling um, to get usage visibility data out to our engineers. So but I can't say there's one right answer. You're going to have to find what works for your organization, um, but, but be aware of where you might strategically use each one of those. Yeah, and again, in terms of, you know, which tools, how many tools, et cetera, with anything FinOps, like what does your security practice look like? How big is it? The tenure of people, the number of tools, that's probably where you need to get to. How quickly you need to get there? Well, that that's going to be a you prioritization type of thing. Um, in terms of building, um, we'll go into that in a little bit. Yeah, like what sort of people are the regular teams that you should be sort of tapping on the shoulder? What people make up the function of, of FinOps um, you know, from sort of start through the evolution of the FinOps practice? 
Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, again, that goes back to it depends. But like when I was first starting, um, I did a lot of borrow, borrowing and begging, right? Like I really need to fix this um, forecasting problem. Can I borrow an engineer for a six week stunt to launch this, you know? Um, so there's some of that that happens. I think when we talk about building the function, you have to understand that like the functions can be different in different models. So I came from a very centralized approach, centralized team, all the businesses used it as a shared service. Um, we've also seen a very decentralized uh, model where there are maybe FinOps teams that are within business units buying their own reservations. Maybe there's, you know, legal reasons why that's happening. Um, I would nudge that decentralized maybe, uh, you know, over time matures into having some of those function those functions centralized. Uh, but that might be my bias coming from a centralized team. Uh, one of the most popular that we've been seeing is the hub and spoke model where you have a centralized team and then you have a um, you have um, spoke teams that would sit within the businesses and you are jointly working on building capabilities, um, working on business optimization cases together and things like that. So. I think that's important to understand like however that team is made up but then even with the team you tend to have a core team so the core team are like the doers they're doing the bill they're they're buying the ris they're making the business cases um they're estimating new workloads right and those people tend to look like analysts um they might look like program management um you may bring in an architect on your team that's kind of coming into those is, calls with that mindset yes yeah, sorry now is that you said like a core team is that an actual hey, this is a FinOps team that's their brass nameplate on their desks? Or is that just a collection of people from the organization that focus specifically or only do that function, but it can be elsewhere within the organization? Good question. I'd say it's both. We definitely see the trend of more dedicated teams being formed, but then they tend to have an adjacent team. So they will then be working with someone from software asset management, working with their finance contacts. They might be working with the director of engineering because they want to build a KPI dashboard, but they need to make sure the director of engineering agrees on those KPIs because it's their staff that's executing it, right? So we do definitely see core teams and then adjacent teams. Some of it's formal, informal. Um, they actually have the title or or maybe um an addition to the role that they're already carrying yeah nice and, and i've seen that as well and also just in terms of cloud where you know, there was originally a small little cloud team they got mm -hmm. really awesome everyone loved the cloud it's becoming a choke point we'll break them up distribute distribute them throughout the business we're seeing that same sort of trend within finops there's some finops people they add resources and then they spread to sort of build effectiveness yeah, the, the big word we keep hearing too is like FinOps champions. So maybe you're not directly yeah. on the dedicated team, but you've identified as a champion. So when you have an SRE, you know, pizza team that's formed, you've got a security champion, a FinOps champion, you know, um, yeah. you know, something like that is what we're starting to see. That's really interesting. So not only do you need FinOps in your organization, but in every single team, like, FinOps is a critical skill to have in the business, in all aspects of the business. It's something that you do if you cloud, like you, your people have to have some base level of capability in FinOps. Is that sort of what we're seeing? Yeah, we're definitely seeing that. I'm working with a, a large um, industry enterprise right now, um, and they've actually trained almost 52 people, FinOps certified them, and they range from you know financial analysts to engineers because they, they do see this need to have that like embedded into the mindset, and that's really how you're going to shift the culture when you have more awareness. So. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, and you're, you're here to give the magical short answers to everyone. What do you prioritize? <laughs> so you know, what should you be prioritizing at, at the start of the journey? And is there a different answer for a big versus a small company in, in terms of prioritization? 
But when you say a prioritization of like the work that you should be doing? Uh, in terms of, um, you know, building that FinOps capability. Oh, okay, yeah. I want to okay. start. What do I do first? Yeah. 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 So within the, the FinOps framework, there's like 18 capabilities. And I think a big part is to figure out which of those capabilities you can reasonably do first. Um, when I started out, it was the education enablement. I was had, you know, had that skill set. I had program management skill set on my team. And so we were able to build like, you know, FinOps Friday lunch and learns. <laughs> we were able to do, you know, fin hacks. We were able to do all these education programs. That was what we focused on first because that's the talent I had. And then eventually we grew to hiring some analysts. And so we shifted into doing um, more chargeback and, and, and um, resource allocation. And then obviously we've, we've hired some billing specialists and people that knew how to do reservation planning. And so I think you kind of have to look at the capabilities and figure out what talent you have now to execute on those things. There's never going to be like one way to say you should actually go do reservation purchases first. You should actually go to deal with shared costs first. Um, you're going to have to, you know, see what your resources are capable to do and at what scale is another important element. Nice. And it's interesting that you started with education because that infers that there is actually a lot of content out there. This is, although it's a relatively new field, it's pretty easy to get started because there is a lot of content that you can leverage to learn and give to your teams as well. Yeah, that's a good point. And we, we did a lot of like, you know, we knew who our champions were too. Like if someone was really good at using Spot, we would have them do a lunch and learn on Spot. Um, someone was really good at implementing, you know, serverless, then we'd have them present. And so that gave individuals the opportunity to hear other engineers present, which is always nice hearing from your peers. Um, and, and But it was also still getting across the, me the message that we wanted around efficiency and optimization. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, for those at home, um, uh, Ashley mentioned Spot there, that is AWS's interruptible uh, computing resources. So you're sort of using the resources that are sort of sitting there, no one's using them, you can get them at a big discount. Uh, so that's what that is about. Um, and actually finally, um, salary. How much should organizations expect to pay? And also, is this gonna be a very good field to get in, in terms of remuneration as you know a career goal for people that are potentially getting into the industry? Yeah, it's a good question. So also in the state of FinOps survey, we did um, survey people on their salary and a lot of people disclosed that, which was nice. It's posted on the website. Um, but what I, what we kind of saw is if you were about two to four years worth of experience, you were coming in around a hundred and hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. That makes it a, you know, a pretty attractive field to get into. Um, and, and level of education was, you know, pretty much an undergrad. There were some, you know, master's degrees as well. Um, and then it really just kind of went up from there, especially if you were managing a team or directing team. Um, there's also the ability to move into consultancy as well. And, and that's one thing we see a lot within this ecosystem is people moving from being an enterprise to being a consultant to um, being, uh, you know, on a, a tooling vendor or moving to a cloud vendor. So it's been a lot of movement so far. That's interesting. I mean, another good data point, there's good remuneration early, career in terms of exposure, in terms of capability looks to be good as well. Um, that's a, it's a great advertisement. You mentioned the website. Which website are we talking to be able to get the state of FinOps? Yeah, so data.finops.org is what you want to go to, and there's a whole section about salary there. Awesome. Thank you very much. All righty, it is time for a break. We're going to do our speed round questions. This is where we ask our guests a series of questions to get to know them a little better. Um, Ashley, are you ready for the speed round questions? I'm ready. All righty, let's go. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? 
I've never had it, so I'm gonna say no, but I would try it. <laughs> uh, beetroot on burgers, yes or no? Uh, what was that? A beetroot on burgers, yes or no? No. Ouch. Cat person or a dog person? Dog. <laughs> Alrighty, red or white wine? Uh, go white. Beer or spirits? Beer. Uh, do you ask permission or beg for forgiveness? I ask for, for permission, but I'm trying to be better about doing the other. <laughs> um, your favorite movie, director, producer, genre? Oh, I'm terrible at movies. Um, I like sci-fi. Uh, do you prefer tea or coffee? Coffee. Uh, your favorite TV series, and no, you can't say Finops Fridays. <laughs> uh, Office, still classic, so watch it a lot. Oh, we're gonna have to do a sub question here. Um, the UK or the American version? I have seen both, but the <laughs> the US. Um, your favorite song, uh, musician, genre, music? I like country, and there's a local person from my town named Haley Witters who is rising in Nashville right now, so I'll give her a shout out. Nice. Uh, your favorite food? Oh, um, I like tacos. Um, the crispy ones or the soft ones? Uh, crispy. Yeah. Uh, when you're on holidays, do you prefer to do activities, be very active, or relax and do nothing? Yeah, this is where my project management, I like to plan everything out and see everything. <laughs> but then you can relax because everything's planned, you don't have to worry. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm there, I'm there. Um, do you prefer buildings or architecture and nature? I'd be more nature. Uh, your preferred superpower, supernatural ability? Mm, slow time down. Slow time down, so you can get more things done. Get so more things done, time. yes. Yeah, yeah, I can feel on that. Yeah. Uh, your favorite vacation location? Uh, I like uh, Sedona, Arizona. Uh, text or talk, what's your preference? Talk. Uh, your childhood nickname, if it's work safe? Oh, I was crashly. I was not a very good driver, so. <laughs> I've gotten better. <laughs> so we were just in an accident last week, so I shouldn't say that. I wasn't driving. <laughs> <laughs> um, your proudest moment? Uh, being a mom twice. Oh, nice. Nice. Congratulations. Alrighty, so we've got a score of 92. Uh, you missed a little bit on the US version of the office uh. and the beetroot, which is somewhat a quintessentially Australian thing, but not to worry. At least I've seen them. I get like some points for that, right? Oh, 100%, 100%. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, alrighty, so let's get back into the final question for this part of the show. Uh, we've touched on this a little bit in terms of what specialties do you need in the function of FinOps? Um, you know, the particular roles, the outcomes that you're looking to achieve, uh, which ones do you need when? Yeah, that's uh, a good question. Yeah. So as being a hiring manager for this, um, I, I always thought when I was looking for people, I was looking for two of three things. And I'll explain that why. Um, but you need to have some cloud fundamentals. So 
you know, getting one of the, you know, cloud provider certifications, a really great baseline to do. Um, you need to have some business uh, savviness, I guess. Uh, if, if I'm going to put you in front of a CTO, CIO, I got to know that you can create a slide deck and you can present that, right? Um, and then I think being analytical and, you know, being curious about data and digging into it is really important. And the reason I say two out of three is because, to be honest, to find someone that has all three, we call it the purple unicorn. It's not just a unicorn, it's even more rare because it has to be purple, right? So I think that's kind of key. Um, I think if you're, you know, I think some roles that you be really helpful to have as someone around program management, um, you really are going to be putting together a function that is very visible uh, with executives. And so to have it very well organized, um, you're probably going to want to make a team page and to send out newsletters and do things like that. So that's pretty key. Um, data analysts, very, very important. Um, I had five of them. They all worked with all the business units. And what's important about that role is that they don't just like, you know, on a keyboard do the work, but they're very hyper engaged with the, the SRE teams. Um, engineering is key for you to mature. So for you to do automation and to really scale. Now, whether that's borrowed or full-time, again, that depends. Yep. Um, you mentioned the SRE teams, SRE? Oh, SRE, uh, Site Reliable Engineers. So DevOps teams kind of depends what people call them. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. And have you seen that mix of roles change? I'm, I'm guessing maybe there's a lighter focus on data analysis if you're very small because there's just not that much data versus, you know, when you're millions of millions of dollars a month, then, hey, that's going to be really a core function and it changes the focus a bit. Yeah, I definitely think it changes on your size, your scope and how mature you are. Um, I was recently talking to a company that has a billing specialist and the reason they have it is because they're so large that they talked about like if you have a bank account and like someone takes $15 out of it and you have so much money in it, you might not notice it, right? Um, and so that's why it's so important to have a billing specialist that can, at a large scale that can catch all of those things that would typically be, you know, um, not caught. And so it, it really depends on your cloud size, but then I would also say it depends on your maturity and what you're going to do. Target's a really good example. They're working on building um, like basically a full-on uh, FinOps product. And so they, I think they have the largest team that we've heard of so far. And it's because it is a whole bunch of engineers developing an, an application product. Yeah. And you also mentioned, you know, that inquisitive nature to be able to identify a problem and understand why and how to solve it. Um, does that rule out people that want to just follow a process day in, day out, come in, are they could they be part of FinOps or is that um, you know a type of person that maybe isn't the best for FinOps? Who no, would they, you rule out? They could absolutely be, and I think that's where we start to see FinOps having um, more roles within it, hierarchy within it, right? Um, that was always an important role to have people that are willing to roll up their sleeves and do the tactical work, like you know follow yeah. up on that anomaly detection, right? It's not the most glamorous thing to do. Um, submit the email to have the forecasting filled out. There's definitely elements that are a little repetitive, a little tactical. I call them business as usual um, that have to be done, um, whether that's a single person doing it or that's embedded into other people's roles but we do see more hierarchy coming yeah wow so it, it's great salary accessible to all people early starters good exposure in the business and everyone can play a part it uh FinOps seems to be the place to be i dare say yeah i mean i'm, I'm in it for the long haul so <laughs> nice all right so we're going to take a break there so that's the end of the first part of the series talking about talent uh, with Ashley, if you do have any feedback or you've got any questions, we of course have the mailbag in the episodes as well. You can reach out to us at finopsfridays at aptio.com. So stay tuned for the next episode. 
So that is it for another episode of FinOps Fridays. If you have any questions or feedback on this episode or would like to learn more, please feel free to reach out to us at finopsfridays at aptio.com. Also like and subscribe to get updates for future episodes. 